Yeah, my mom thinks we need a jingle, but um, I'd rather just focus on the content. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. I'm following your lead, so whatever <laughs> you want to talk about, All right, well, I will follow you. We're here today with Michael Gongora. And uh, am I saying that right? Gongora? It is, unless you're a Spanish speaker, then it's Gongora. Gongora, okay. So speaking of that, um, where exactly is your family from? Well, my dad's side is from Cuba. Uh, they came here, uh, like most of the first wave in 1960. And my mom is from Alabama, so I'm a Cuban-Alabamian. Okay, wow. And have you seen uh, Cuba and the Cameraman? Have I seen what? Cuba and the Cameraman. It's like a no. documentary on Cuba. I think everyone in Miami should see it because it's really eye-opening to just like, you know, what it was like back then when people were, you know, at, Fidel is an interesting man and they have a lot of like inside footage on him. Anyhow, um, so you are currently Miami Beach commissioner, uh, city com- city commissioner, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious, I'll have to take it back to the start. Um, and so what was actually, you know, you were born in Miami? Like, where did you uh, grow up, actually? Yeah, I was born in Doctors Hospital at University of Miami, and I grew up here. So other than high school, I've lived in the county my whole life. Okay. And, like, where exactly in the county? Like, Most, well, at the beginning, uh, around Little Havana, my parents moved around a bit. Eventually, you know, as they were making more money, we got to Coral Gables eventually, yeah. which is uh, where my dad lived while I was in high school. And then I stayed and I went to UM undergrad in law. And it was during law school that I moved to Miami Beach and lived right there next door to you. Yeah, right across from me. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the building, but <laughs> it's it's a little paradise around here. And uh, we'll get to that. But, you know, what made you want to go into government? Were you always kind of, were you on like many different like school boards or, or when you were young, were you always in like student government or did you have a feeling you would do that? It was, I was on and off, but going back to my family, my grandfather was a commissioner in Cuba before coming over to this country. Uh, my Cuban grandfather, obviously, and my American grandfather was a preacher. And believe it or not, there are some similarities between being an elected office and being a pastor of a church. So I think I grew up with that kind of background. Um, no, I wasn't one of those people that like wanted to be a lawyer and get in government. I actually wanted to be in broadcast journalism or acting, which was my majors in college. I double majored in broadcast journalism and theater. Wow, that's awesome. I did I did a few stages of improv. I think everyone should, honestly. I mean, especially if you're in the extrovert world, uh, in the people world. It's good to like not be scared of having no script, you know what I mean? Which, this conversation never has a script. and. Uh, what I'm actually most curious, so in my research on you, I you know obviously you have a nice Wikipedia page with like some basics, you know, but uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna say this right now. When I went to your Twitter page, I started crying. I literally started crying because I was just like, wow, like everything I love about this city, Miami Beach, like a lot of the stuff was just like right there, like right after each other, you know? And then I started discovering things like, there's this sculpture park that you got, that's being built called yeah. the Reef Line. Yeah. Like, what is that? A seven mile long sculpture park underwater that you have to snorkel to. Oh my god. What is that? It's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be off of the coast of South Beach near Nikki Beach Club and the pier at the end. When I first got elected in 2006, that project came before the commission. And I was at the time, you know, a much younger commissioner. And I was really the one pushing it. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, this young guy, never going to happen. So it's so rewarding to me that here we are 14 years later. And finally, this nonprofit put it together. What it is, is it's going to be an underwater eco sculpture park. It's going to be good for the marine life. 
but it's also going to provide like an art exhibit underwater for scuba divers. You're going to be able to see placements of really interesting things down there. So it adds a whole nother layer of tourism for people that, you know, don't necessarily just want to party in yeah. Miami Beach. They want to have another layer to their visit for locals like us that want to do something different or have family visiting. That's when I usually do cool things when people are visiting. Me too. I love it. And especially this time of year. Um, so, I mean, there's the tourists, right? And then there's also how do we build community here in Miami Beach, you know, amid all the tourism. Because that's, for example, I was just in uh, Mexico. And when I, went, when I got to Mexico City, finally, I noticed obviously a clear difference among the cheerfulness of the people. They were just like with family, you know, like they weren't in, in, the, in the coastal areas where it was very touristy. People were just like, you know, they, they basically didn't invest their time in someone else because they might be leaving in four days or they were just like, you know. So in terms of building community here in Miami, um, you know, that's actually my purpose. That's what I'm doing this for. And uh, actually, I'll tell you right now, I actually want to close the deal early. We do a community town hall on Thursdays on Zoom. Yeah. And uh, my sister would love it if you could join. It's at 930 and, and we basically just like let anyone in and we talk and it's usually the best time. But that's my favorite moment of the week. Uh, would you be nice. able to make that? I think so. Hold on. Let's look at my calendar. Oh, it's I forgot, every to tell Thursday? You, forgot to tell you no phone in the studio, man. But for uh, this, for this, this uh, is like... See, the, I'm a rule breaker. I'm already this breaking This is the, the big rules. close, as long as it sounds off. Thursday. Well, actually, Thursday, we have our neighborhoods committee for the city, which I serve at what on. time? At 8.30. And it probably was going to run about three hours. Whoa. Um, it's on Zoom right now. Yeah. So join us after your call. You can Zoom in and wave and say hello. But if it's every Thursday, I can do it the following Thursday, the 4th. Okay. We'll we'll make it work. Um, all right, you know that was that, that's that's definitely a moment for people to kind of engage and get involved and and feel like part of a family. Because I, I do like I do I do realize one thing about Miami is um, you know a lot of people have their stereotypes about Miami, right? You go down Collins Ocean, especially the way it used to be, um, and so you know there's definitely different times in the year where the quality of the tourists is a bit different. Um, but I did see were you did you have an active hand in, in for example? Uh, building bike lanes on Washington and like shutting down uh, Ocean Drive to just pedestrian traffic. Like, was that, were you, were you part of that? Absolutely. Actually, when the pandemic happened, I was looking for ways to help small businesses be able to operate as well as provide a place for people to have social distancing, get exercise. So I was the commission sponsor for the Ocean Drive closure, which in my opinion has been a huge success. Restaurants have extended. There's much more space for people to walk and bike and skate and be able to enjoy the experience. And it would be my hope that this become a permanent thing as we move forward and redo Ocean Drive. Um, and then that carried over to other parts of the city. You mentioned Washington Avenue, where we've created extended bike lanes, Sunset Harbor, which has great restaurant extensions onto the sidewalks. So it's been really exciting, and I am going to continue to see this through because people love outdoor spaces and we really need to make sure we maximize that because that's one of the cool and unique things about Miami Beach. We have great weather, great outdoor spaces, great architecture. People are nice looking. People tend to exercise. They want to be outdoors. So let's put them all together. It's a recipe for success. It's a paradise. And sometimes when you travel to developing countries, um, you know, you feel a little guilty coming back to Miami. <laughs> how good we have it here, how much space, how many green, how much green grass and parks and uh, opportunities to exercise and um, it's also a challenge though to live in so much diversity right I mean would you agree that that's part of what makes America so challenging is that we're kind of in paradise but we're in this paradise with depression because we kind of feel disconnected a lot of us are away from our families um, what is one way that you kind of you kind of 
beat depression in your life in terms of just like habits? Um, you know, I, tr I try to exercise. I think that that's very important. I live in mid beach right now. Sorry. I don't live next door to you anymore, but where I live, the beach walk is there, which is a fantastic amenity. And that's another thing that we've been working on for years. We're going to have a connected beach walk from first street to 88, the entire city. Limit. The entire. Yeah. I, I go on that run. I lead a group every Sunday morning and we actually have to go in and, and, and turn into Collins and then across the bridge to the golf course. Which I don't mind actually. I'll probably continue that. But in terms of those marathon runners who want to train this time of year, in terms of going up the promenade of the whole way, um, that's going to be amazing. I'm not going to lie. My first time when I truly fell in love with uh, Miami Beach was when I rented a car, and it was from a, a lady on Toro, and she lived right by Flamingo Park. And when I the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, I need to live here because I saw the basketball courts, the swimming pool, the tennis facility, you know, the softball, the soccer, the track, the gym. I was just like. This is like basically now my backyard, and so I, it was basically a dream come true, and I, I think that's pretty recent. So you go far back enough. Do you remember when Flamingo Park was not like that? Yes, uh, I do. Um, when I lived next door to you, I'm going to age and date myself, I lived there in 93 and 94. So Flamingo Park, yes, don't look at me like way. I was uh, in law school at the time. But um, it was a different place. Um, it didn't have all of the wonderful facilities. It didn't have the redone tennis courts. We used to have these old racquetball courts that I think were torn down as part of the remodelization. Um, the pool was always there and the field was always there, but not in as good condition. We really spent a lot of, the dog park wasn't there. Um, we spent a lot of money making it better. And that is something special about Miami Beach because for younger people like you, you're a sports guy, you like to exercise, we create places for people to go and be able to do that. For other people that are families with children, they need places for their kids to be able to go out and use the park facilities. So I'm very proud to see all of the successes that we've had improving our parks and making them better for the community. Because just like Flamingo Park, which is the largest one in the city, but we have other smaller parks that are similar success stories all over the yeah. city. Yeah, not everyone can live uh, here in South Beach, that's for sure. Um, and, and speaking of that, so I actually have a dream is that, for example, today, um, so one, one thing, one good habit I have is I try to host someone once a week, which we're doing, but I also like to share my food. So I, usually, I made chili by myself Sunday night and I had a bunch of leftovers, so I kind of gave it out to the neighbors, the vecinos, and... Uh, there's one family that I was just like, wow, like you guys have been here for like your whole lives almost. And I kind of have this vision of Miami Beach just getting better and better and better with your work and, and everybody. And I just like I want to make sure the locals, true locals stay here. Like, is, is there any plans for like not not even just like, you know, like uh, affordable housing, but like like even like rent control on people on different buildings that have true, true locals like people have been here five plus years. Is there any plans for that? Well, I'm working a lot on affordable housing. Unfortunately, rent control is not allowed in the state of Florida. Mm. We've been um, clipped by the state legislature. So some states like New York, rent control uh, seems to work well. I'm focused on affordable housing. Actually, very recently, I got, at the last meeting, I got elected as chair of the city's affordable housing advisory committee. And we pushed through our first piece of legislation at the commission level, which is to lower and waive city fees for affordable housing projects so that they don't have to pay costs. And secondarily, a resolution to put them through a fast track so people complain about red tape and moving projects forward. If you're building an affordable housing project in Miami Beach, you're going to get a fast track, something that mm. people don't get because we're trying to encourage it. So I too believe that we've got to maintain a mix of people. And in order to do that, you have to have a mix of housing. 
The city is also building something that I'm excited about at Collins Park. It's a workforce housing project. There's an empty surface parking lot the city owns behind the library on 23rd Street, and we're gonna build a whole facility. It'll have a garage to replace the parking, but it's gonna have ground floor retail. It's gonna have housing for the ballet dancers at the Miami City Ballet. And then it's also gonna have workforce housing, prioritizing artists, city employees and first responders, the police, the firefighters, etc., to try to keep people and teachers, try to keep people in a more moderate income level with housing that they can afford in Miami Beach. So I'm looking for more opportunities to see where we can do more projects like that. Yeah, no, I mean it's there's only so much space and obviously with zoning and, and, and limiting the the height of buildings, obviously we're a bit limited in how many people can actually live here in this paradise. You have to be kinda of lucky I've been here or, you know, move here quick, but um, you know, I, I actually, I was kind of thinking the other day, and this was kind of relevant to you because I actually, I'm going to go straight for this. What is your favorite Miami news source? Oh, I have so many, so I, I can't say one. Well, there's a, what is like a few? Okay. I'm going to give you like the ones that I read every day. I read the Miami Herald. I grew up here. I read the Miami New Times. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. I read my friend Susan Askew's Ray Miami Beach because she covers things that we do. I read my friend Elaine de Valle's blog, Political Cortadito. It's countywide, but it gives you some interesting perspective. Now I read The Real Deal a lot because they put a lot of what's happening with the real estate projects. And now it seems like every other day there's a new celebrity or billionaire buying a house. Yeah. So I, I follow up with them. But those are the ones that I read probably the most regularly. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of Miami New Times, they're like my like morning coffee kind of like fuel. They, they come with the coffee, and I, I, I just like to keep on tabs on what's going on. Um, and so one article they had last week was about traffic in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to run this by you if this would be even feasible. But So there's only so much space on the causeways, right? And then there's like, oh, do we want to build a whole other causeway? I mean, that's a whole big deal, right? Um, in terms of like people wanting to go to Miami Beach on the weekend or something, right? And, and enjoy the activities and the sculpture park and all the things that we're building. Um, so I had a thought. There's a lot of people in Brickell, right, who like going to South Beach, right? They like going to South of Fifth, they like going to South Point. Um, would it be possible to build a dedicated bus shuttle lane on Dodge Island and build like a little bridge, passway bridge, um, or even like a bark or something, just like something to get across to Fifth from, hmm. from Dodge Island? Because that, that is a lot of space on Dodge Island. Right, I mean, that's an interesting idea. It's one that I haven't heard before. I thought I'd heard them all. Um, it's called Dodge Island. Let's stop dodging it. Let's let's use it. It's yeah, like, you know. Um, I don't know is really the honest answer. It's something that would be bigger than the city, obviously, because it would connect Miami and Miami Beach going through Dodge Island. Um, I know that our county commissioner that represents this district on both sides, Eileen Higgins, has been uh, an advocate for transportation and increased bus lanes and rapid buses. And we are moving forward with a lot of rapid bus projects and mass transit projects. I haven't heard about creating that particular connection, but I'll ask. It never hurts to ask. I think I think it would be pretty cool. Um, I think people would actually use it because, say, you know, you have to deal with parking and traffic and. But like, say you could go from Brickell to South Point in literally ten minutes. Like, and and a lot of people do like to go play go, play play tennis at Flamingo Park. Who live in Brickell, and like, you know, I meet a lot of these people. And so, I that's actually a project that I'm interested in, in just seeing if it's feasible. Um, but speaking of overall Greater Miami politics, um, so you, I mean, you're my you're a beach guy. It seems uh, even though you you did live in the Gables. Um, 
Now, I did read a little bit about the history. Uh, you pretty much should have won Miami Beach mayor at some point, but there was some drama with Levine, people, you know, spending money too much and, and buying votes, whatnot. Um, you know, what is your what are your greater ambitions long term? Like, is it being the mayor at some point, which you probably should be, or is it even greater than that? Would you ever be like a governor of Florida? I love public service. It's in my blood. So I always want to be involved in the community. Yes, uh, I love being mayor. I ran for mayor once before and may do so again. Um, I would aspire to do something higher eventually. Realistically, governor is a difficult haul for me for a couple of reasons. Right now, Florida has become kind of a red state and I am clearly blue. So that is a hurdle. Number two, um, I'm openly gay. And while that may play okay in South Florida, it still is something that does not play well in the northern part of our state, uh, in a state where it's still legal to discriminate against gay people in housing and employment. So they haven't seen fit to, to fix that at the state legislature. And um, it would be an issue. Some of the things that I would like to do eventually or consider doing would be other roles in the county or the state. Um, I'd love to be a state senator, a county commissioner, county mayor. I'd love to eventually take my knowledge in government and move up and continue to be able to represent the people. But governor is probably unrealistic for me at the moment, and I'm a very realistic person. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. I mean, at the same time, you love this place, right? And it's it's your home. And so to be a governor, you would have to go live in North Florida, right? Like Tallahassee yeah. or something. I like... want to live in Tallahassee <laughs> all year long. Being a state senator, it's great because you get to go and come back. So you're not in Tallahassee all the time. you got to come back and represent your district. That's a great role. But correct, as governor moving to Tallahassee full-time, I don't see that for me. Okay, so speaking of Miami, building community, one thing I love to do is volunteer uh, at least once a week. And so it was hard with COVID finding these opportunities. I literally was just researching like hours upon hours, calling places. Um, finally, I got the, the Miami Rescue Mission to like open up to me and, and I became like an education volunteer, then I helped them sort stuff and finally next week I'm able to serve lunch there on like Mondays. Um, but that took like months and months of like trying to volunteer. So, you know, same thing goes, there's this other opportunity where I volunteering with the kids, helping tutor the kids uh, in the morning to help them read. And this opportunity I've been waiting on for like four months, five months, it's like, oh yeah, next week, maybe next month. It's like. What is stopping us? I think there's a lot of people, good people here in Miami who want to volunteer at least once a week. They want to feel like they're contributing, but isn't it frustrating that sometimes we feel blocked? Like we feel like there's not even these opportunities available. Uh, what can you do as commissioner to kind of encourage more of these leaders to create these opportunities? Because that's really what we need. Is we need someone to say, you know what, this would be great. Let's let's go help here and I'm going to organize it. And do you think it'd be possible, for example, to create like a like a volunteer hotline where you get like, you, people can get texts like, hey, there's this volunteering opportunity here. And like we create this volunteer hotline where we just like get people moving. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. And the city does that with neighborhood association groups and opportunities to get involved with neighborhood groups. To my knowledge, we don't do that with not-for-profits, but we could, and it would be interesting. I personally organize a lot of different things um, in areas that I've been working in for years, seniors. I do a lot of events for seniors and put together volunteers to do food drives and senior events and field trips. Those have been limited due to the pandemic, but they're starting up again. I like to do children's events. I speak at a number of schools and um, I set up the city's original anti-bullying program, No Place for Hate. So I like to bring people out to speak and do events with the kids. I've gotten involved with homeless uh, issues quite a bit. My appointee to the city's homeless committee for a long time has been the chairwoman. She just left, so I gotta find somebody else for that committee. But um, I was putting together food drives and outreach, 
Um, so I do work with a number of groups already. If you're looking for, I think you're the guy, basically. I just need to like, <laughs> I need to get your recommendations and then like set up like a local voices hotline where people can join and get texts about these things. I'm going to talk know? to you after this, actually. You know, the city has boards and committees that commissioners can appoint representatives to. And you seem to me like somebody who would be good to serve on one of them. So I'm going to find out what your interests are privately after this yeah. show's over and well, see if we can find a place to put your energy to work. Well, I see that. Yeah, that's my passion. I did see there's a Flamingo Park meeting happening, like, what, Monday or something? Yeah. So that's the kind of thing I am interested in. Actually, I, I've sent emails about the basketball court nets because um, we keep buying cheap ones and they keep breaking every, like, two days. And then we keep replacing the same cheap ones. And I'm just like, no, let's figure out a way to, like, get quality nets that don't break. Um, just little things like that that I notice. That's uh, not little though, because for people that play basketball every day, that's an important part of your enjoyment and recreation and why you like living here. So we want to make it work for you. But yes, I got to give a shout out and a plug. Yes, a shameless plug. Monday, February 1st, 5 p.m. I actually am the keynote speaker, or whatever they call it, the guest speaker at the Flamingo Park Neighborhood Association meeting on Zoom. So check out my Facebook page or Twitter page at Michael Gangora for information on how to Zoom with us. All you Flamingo Park neighborhood residents. I think that might be our community town hall of the week. You know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get going, you know, promoting that. Uh, that's going to be very exciting. So, you know, when you when you look at Miami, um, I'm also I don't know. I was kind of interested. So you speak Spanish, right? You're you're pretty well. Um, that's actually something that I was thinking about. It's just like, so there's opportunities within Miami, right? And and you're obviously leading a lot of those. Um, but I think you know, I guess my trip to Mexico kind of like you know made me think a little bit about. We're pretty lucky to live here in Miami, and sometimes we don't have that perspective that we're lucky to be here because travel can be difficult during COVID. So, um, what I realize is like one cool thing. My one of my dreams is to kind of make this, create this kind of like language exchange platform, and it already exists. But I, I want to promote it where people would, even if it starts in Miami with like Uber drivers and other regular residents, but like people would be matched at like a similar level, and then they would spend like 15 minutes in English, 15 minutes in Spanish. Because I think there's a lot of people, one thing, one of my pet peeves sometimes is that I'll meet people in Miami, drivers who just don't care to learn English, you know, they're kind of closed. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think we need to promote more, more language interaction like that. Um, any you thoughts? Know, um, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, you're hitting on a lot of my programs, whether you recognize it or not. But um, I'm the commission sponsor also of the free ESAL English as a Second Language program that is offered, I think, currently at the South Shore Community Center. But that may move because that facility is going to be demolished and undergo construction. But if you're a Miami Beach resident and you want to learn English, we pay for your ESAL program for free. What? Yeah. So... Yeah. If you know anybody that's a beach resident that wants to learn There's, English... I mean, a lot of people in my complex building could learn some more English. To be honest. Tell them to contact us. This because... is something people just don't know. You know? Yeah. I think like, you are like... I'm not going to lie. You're like this Miami Beach angel who like, this needs to happen. People need to know more about this stuff, to be honest. Um, so hopefully like J-Lo can come on next week and make... And people will then listen to this conversation. Speaking of that, do you have J-Lo's number? Do you know J-Lo? <laughs> well, actually, I do know J-Lo. Um, her manager, who I know better, uh, he's actually the one that I know, Benny Medina. Okay. Um, he reached out to me last year when, when Jenny turned 50 and asked me to organize a key and a proclamation for her. So the mayor and I went out and um, he presented the key, I presented the proclamation, and we were part of her 50th birthday. Um, and she did a party at, at A-Rod's house in the Gables, but then they did an after party at one of the Estefan properties in Star Island. Mm -hmm. Now Jennifer and Alex have bought their own home in Star Island, so they'll be part of the beach uh, again. 
So I can't say she's my BFF, but I haven't met her. I've been to their house. Uh, I was part of her 50th birthday. That's pretty party. good. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so you you can you can get us there uh, as a community because I think J Lo, so much respect. She is like the queen of Miami, especially in terms of uh, just her swagger, but also you know she's she's Latin and and she she loves the beach and. I think she would like my chili. I'm, I'm not going to keep obsessing about it. You know, obviously there's Gloria Estefan as well, right? Yes. Who would also be a great person. My thing is, I think there's a lot of people in Miami who, uh, they want to be better. They just don't really know what to focus on because Instagram can kind of be empty sometimes, you know? And so obviously the stuff we're talking about can really change people's lives if they really just pursue it, you know, in terms of volunteering, um, being on the hotline, you know, and, and these kinds of things. When I'm able, for example, the hardest period during COVID was for me when I was not able to volunteer because in San Francisco, I was living this, uh, this run club for the homeless. Every 5.30, we'd wake up and, and run and, and kind of do like a, uh, a meditation of the day and, and, and share each other's, you know, goals and, and gratitudes and things. Anyway, like during COVID, a lot of volunteering opportunities shut down. But I think that is the key, to, that is the key behind seeing more smiling faces in Miami. Like in terms of like locals, it's being genuinely you know, in their heart, happy to be here and, and feeling good because we, we feel a little guilty living here. Don't you agree? Like, we have it pretty good in Miami beach. Uh, it's quite a beautiful place, especially half the year. I'd say it's paradise. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Miami beach itself, this is like a community podcast, which is part of greater Miami as well. So when it comes to greater Miami, um, I think, I think Harvey, who was on, on the podcast recently, I saw you, you actually were, were part of the Southeast jazz festival in terms of launching it. Um, so he was on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and I think he'd be interested in, in some of your some of the artists that you really respect in Miami. Like, who are some people that you like um, artists in Miami? Oh my God, we have wonderful local talent here in the Flamingo Park neighborhood district. Actually, one of my college friends, Nicole Henry, is a super talented jazz and R and B vocalist. Um, she performs all the time. We're talking about local artists in the scene, Marielle Epps, I love her. She's always at jazz brunches at various restaurants. To a more prominent national level, we have recording artists. You mentioned J-Lo and the Estefans, but you have so many that have either lived here now or lived here in the past. John Sakata, Paulina Rubio, Shakira, Phil Collins. Um, this is a city that artists want to be in. P. Diddy, you know, all types of music. Um, so it's a really interesting city. And we have all types of music festivals. The Jazz Fest, one of the things that I really like about it is it's Jazz Fest with a purpose. The guy that put it together, who also lives in the Flamingo Park neighborhood district, David New, is blind. So it highlights uh, people with disabilities. And they've had some really interesting performers over the years. They had Dee Dee Bridgewater. They had David Sanborn. This year, I can't remember his name, I'm embarrassed to say, but they actually had a blind... Uh... Matthew Whitaker. Yes, Matthew yeah, Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the podcast, you, you should, you'll enjoy the podcast if you listen to it. Two weeks ago, Harvey was all about that, uh, yeah. the whole blind thing. Um, just honoring, you know, great talent and, and you know, when, when the universe kind of brings it to us. And, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, there's there's the festivals and there's also food, which I think is pretty important as well in terms of mental health. What are some of uh, your favorite spots, some of your favorite chefs in, uh, in town? I love Santorini, Greek restaurant south of Fifth. That's one of my go-to places because you get a lot of food for a good amount of money and they have Greek belly dancers and it's outdoors and it's fun. Um, I like Smith & Walensky. I've always liked sitting there at Government yeah, Cat and watching view. the water. It's yeah. great. Um, where else? 
Ocean Drive, you know, I always like the palace. I like the drag queens. Uh, for me, it's more about the show than the food, but it's fun. Um, I miss a lot of my favorites on Ocean, on Lincoln Road have been closing down. I was sad we lost Balin's. I still sometimes go to Books and Books. I love the two places that have those gorgeous rooftops. Juvia, which has been there mm -hmm. for a while. And now Mila, which opened up with that great rooftop. Yep. It was fantastic. Um... I love talking about food. I could go on and on. Oh, do you, do you cook? Or no, Wait, what's no. Up? What's that's up? I my my stove doesn't work. Is that's, that what you're about to say? I have to eat out every night. You have to. <laughs> oh, poor you. I mean, you get to that. You should as a commissioner. Actually, I was actually wondering about this. Um, so there's the leaders in the community, right? There's um, you know there's Miami Beach government, government, but then there's also the beach, or there's also Miami's government. You know, Daniela um, and Suarez and. How often do you guys actually sit down and have a meal together? I think that would be great if you guys had, like, dinners. Do you guys ever have dinners together? We don't have any formal scheduled dinners, but both Daniela and Francis like to spend a lot of time on the beach, so I see them a lot. Connecting new restaurants in Francis, Sunday night I got invited to the opening of Carboni, which is where Upland used to be south of Fifth, a new Italian restaurant. And it was, it was a pretty impressive opening. It was like a who's who of local people. But Francis was there, even though he's not the mayor here. Everybody loves Francis. He's holding court at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I like Francis. I mean, he's a young, dynamic mayor. And, you know, he's working on bringing tech companies here. What's not to like? Yeah, speaking of that, um, so I actually I started this remote workers of Miami meetup group mm -hmm. where I recognize the need for camaraderie amongst all these new remote workers that are just like joining the, the workforce every day. Um, and it's been pretty slow showing, to be honest. Like, not many people on Miami are on Meetup, first of all, which should hopefully change. I'm gonna start putting the link on uh, the town halls to our Meetup page where the Zoom is actually um, listed. So, hopefully, some people will start trickling into Meetup. Actually, if they join Local Voices Miami on Meetup, they get like an email about the new guest every week and who it is and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think remote workers are are definitely gonna be a thing forever. Um, and the key behind working remotely and and being and having your mental health while you do it is having really fulfilling moments outside of work, right? Yeah, either a great relationship, but not only that, just even friends, a team, sports team. Um, actually, speaking of that, there's uh, you know there's a great league, club sports. Um, so I've been talking with Steve over there for months on uh, during COVID, trying to like find out when are we going to be able to play sports again as a team. Uh, it turns out one of the first opportunities was volleyball. So actually, I have a volleyball game today at uh, 7 p.m. Um, but that's just the kind of thing that really changes me mentally is to be part of a team. You know, it's so important, especially in this age of uh, remote working. Um, so, you know, considering that, uh, I think Miami Beach could become a mecca of remote working, but even just in people's offices, right? In terms of just having like a bedroom in an a office like I do. Um, you know, so I think that's going to be more coming. But like what what exactly is this? Um, it's like you're, you're actually the, the, the city's envisioning these startups companies actually having offices here just like that, as a draw that's the idea um you know all of these billionaires and people are buying homes here so the thought is they want to move their offices and in some cases tech companies have announced that they're moving already most of them want to have their offices in miami in the downtown or brickle corridor because there's just more office space available so one of the things we're doing right now in Miami Beach, we started at Terminal Island. We gave height to related group to build a little higher office tower to see what can attract there. We're currently studying uh, the idea along Alton Road and Sunset Harbor, maybe allowing slightly taller buildings for office uses. The city put out, um, I think it's an ITB, an invitation to bid 
on one of our lots over by Lincoln Road to see if there's maybe some private company that would want to work to create some public-private office space project. So the idea is maybe people would like to have their offices in Miami Beach and both live and work here. So we'll see. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty ideal. Obviously, not everyone can live here. Um, and what are, what are the schools like? I was always wondering, because I do want to actually raise a family here someday. What is what are the Miami Beach schools like? I know you were a principal at South Point, right? Wow, Elementary. you've really done your I research. I read that part. Yeah, I did that. I did see that. And I mean, I noticed those kinds of things. So what was that like being a principal? I love it. I mean, I love kids and it's fun. And you're not really the principal, so you don't have to deal with anything stressful. You just get to deal with the fun parts and run around to the <laughs> classrooms and get to see what the kids are doing and interact with their teachers. So it's a great experience. I'm proud that we have great public schools. Yeah. Okay. Um, so especially, I'll give it, they're all good. They're all good, but especially two of our elementary schools are top-ranked A schools. North Beach Elementary, which is actually in Mid-Beach on 41st Street, and South Point Elementary, south of Firth, are consistently ranked as A schools. Um, and all of the other ones are also great, but those two typically... Um, people push a little bit more to put their kids there. Right. And is it open to anyone who lives in South Beach? Like, is it, is it hard to get it accepted there? Or is it like anyone in South Beach can go there? It's by residency, but I think there's something that the school board lets you do now to be able to opt into different schools. I think it's gotten a little easier to choose which school you go to. In the past, I think people used to have to find like a family member or a family friend that yeah. lived in the area and say, please let us use your address. We want our kids to go to North Beach Elementary. There's ways to sneak in. Yeah. And yeah. sneak into school. That's funny, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's the kids, which is what it's all about. And then, you know, there's also, um, you know, when you think about Miami's future, what are some things that, you know, we've talked about a lot of things like the sculpture park, but like, is there anything that people don't know that's coming for us in Miami or anything, anything about you that people don't know? Well, we are really focused on rebranding Miami Beach as an art and cultural city. Um, that vision is going to carry through what is now called the Entertainment District, Ocean Drive, Collins, Washington. We're looking to not encourage bars so much. In fact, we're not allowing any more standalone bars on Ocean Drive. If you exist already, we're not taking that use away. But we're also regulating hours, noise. We're trying to encourage cultural things to happen. The Wolfsonian on Washington got a height increase. The voters approved increased FAR. They're going to increase their cultural campus and museum quite a bit. So we're looking to create different things. So it's, you know, Miami Beach is always going to be fun. Let's face yeah. it. It's exciting. It's a fun city. It's on the beach. Young people want to be here. Old people want to be here. People want to party and have fun. But that can't be all that defines us. So we're really looking to focus on museum uses, cultural uses, mm. theaters, and giving people that level of, of culture in our city, which I think is what residents want for the long run. Absolutely. And that's definitely, you know, Harvey said, you know, just in his time, Miami's went from a, a cultural like a wasteland to a cultural mecca. That was one of his taglines. Uh, God bless like you. God bless I'm going to use it, Harvey, in case you're listening. I'm going to use it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, that's kind of my job as well is to highlight the awesome stuff. There's so much stuff going on in this city, and that's kind of my job is to highlight that, get people's attention on it more. I did see you did you were the uh, you like were like hosting slash leading the South Beach uh, salsa festival that happened in November. <laughs> yes, I did. That I do notice because I did salsa. Do you buy this salsa? También. Ah, uh, sí, todo lo español. <laughs> sí, sí. Uh, uh, es, uh, estoy seguro en uh, en mi. Uh, and me, uh, my possibility, my, my possibility de hablar con, con mis conductores, con, con uh, los cocineros y todo. 
y también en México uh, la gente fue muy muy amable oh. y, y I think there was a love affair in Mexico we don't know about. <laughs> I don't know man, but I will say it's not it's not America. America is a little colder in a way. Um, but that's because we have this huge challenge ahead of us which is um, you know kind of overcoming all of our differences which is like we're by design different uh, because that's what makes us innovative and that's what makes us um, the really only country that is really truly a product of uh, all the other countries out there because we're the most recent like you know kind of force and that's why you know my family's French but I have tremendous pride in being American and that was always tough for my grandparents to kind of handle that you know my American pride um, they they wanted they called us the Americans and they really wanted us to kind of be more French but Sorry. Est-ce que tu parles français? Si, si. Uh, ça fait longtemps en fait. Et quand je parle espagnol, ça, ça, ça devient plus difficile. Mais, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll be learning Portuguese anytime soon. But uh, I just, I love North, I love America in general. So most of my trips end up being South America, just to stay on the same time zone. Uh, this is a Miami podcast, but do you have any favorite, you know, places to travel? Oh yeah. In the Americas, I love Brazil. I think it's really. Yeah, I'll, I will learn Portuguese. Yeah. Exciting and fun. Um, I like a lot of spots in Mexico. I used to go to Puerto Vallarta every year in January. I haven't been in a couple of years. Yeah, you would like the, I was there uh, like four days ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, a long I had time to, ago. I had to, I ran a, like a like a I, I tried to run my first marathon like a little hungover and not with any like carbs and like like meat in me. So like I I basically failed at my first marathon. I tried to run to the little fishing town all the way at the south before the highway turns, um, but it was a beautiful run and I really like the rolling hills. Um, but I can see why, you know, you would love it there. Um, <laughs> I had some great restaurant experiences yeah. there, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, your time is uh, only so much. I mean, how, how do you, like, what, how do you, like, put time in your calendar for you? Like, I, I feel like your agenda must be stacked. Like, what, what is your, when do you find time for yourself? You got to make time. Um, I like getting massages, and I, I book massage regularly at my house, which is great. Um, I'm, and I tune out, really, afterwards. I meditate and focus on myself. Um, I have a large family and a lot of friends, so I schedule and make time for them because otherwise work can take over your whole life yeah. and you never um, have a time for you. Um, I do eat out probably more than most people because of my lack of culinary skills. So that ends up... I feel like you haven't tried to fix that stove of yours very hard, have you? <laughs> no. I see, if I feel like if the stove works, then I'm going to have to start cooking. This is the other thing, like with people I go out with. I don't know how to make coffee, and I love coffee. So they all want to teach me how to make coffee, and I'm like, no, I don't want to learn. Is it even like drip coffee? Like... I mean, okay, I can probably make the coffee maker work in case of a You always go out for coffee? I prefer it. If I think that defines you. I think a true... Someone in government should go out for coffee, yeah. be with the people. You know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be in government... I think I like to kind of just like I'm I'm too I'm too kind of fun. I'm not fun. I'm just like I'm a little, little kid, you know. Sometimes I don't want to wear the suit to be honest. That's like the one I can't wear the suit like you do, my friend. Uh, I could barely even wear the pants around here to be honest. I just... <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for putting me on to that. <laughs> well, no, I like I was the shorts guy as a kid. I lived in Texas and then when I moved our family moved to Buffalo and all the cold places, I was like in denial and I was wearing shorts in the middle of winter. Um I don't know. I like being comfortable at ease, and I probably will never put on a suit except for like my wedding or other things. But um, you know, definitely, definitely, like we, the world needs people like you who are willing to put on these suits and go out there and drink the coffee with the people. Um, so you know, speaking of that, you know, I usually try to end these with like, who is uh, you know, we'll get to like your favorite. You know, you you mentioned many of cool people in Miami already, um, but like, say you like envision like just some random. 
Miami Beach native and look them in the eye, what would be like a habit that you have that you can share with them? Like what is something that you do, a mantra or something that makes you you and makes you, you know, as as lovable as you are, like what do you do every day that you can share to somebody? Wow. Well, I like people and I'm interested in people. So I typically ask a lot of questions and I've been told I'm a good listener. Um, so I like to know people's story and everybody has a story. So um, that's very interesting. And it correlates with what I say is my favorite thing about being in Miami Beach. We have all these cool things to do and cool places to go. But really what I think is even better and why I live here and have never left is the people. We have such a diversity and mix that you don't see in any other small city, which we really are a small city, like 90,000 residents. So you see people of religious backgrounds that are different, different languages being spoken, different cultures, uh, different sexual orientations, different age groups, but it all blends. It all fits in Miami Beach. It's not weird to see old people, young people, straight people, gay people, Latin people, whatever. Everybody kind of comes together as you walk down Lincoln Road or Ocean Drive or you're playing basketball in Flamingo Park, you'll see a big mix of people. And I think that's really unique to a place like ours. So I like to know people's stories. Um, that's probably one of the, the foremost things that I do. But two, I like to help people. Um, I like to learn people's interests and to the extent that I can help them, I do. And it's interesting to see how many of those people come back over the years. When you're in elected office, there's no way you can remember every single person you've met or every single thing you've done over 15 years. But it'll be interesting. I'll be out at events and young people will come up and run up to me and tell me I spoke in their high school class 10 years ago and now they're in law school or they're pursuing government. And those kind of things are very, very, very rewarding, especially yeah. for somebody who doesn't have kids. So Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you basically took your strength and you made it Miami Beach. Like, <laughs> well, your strength is openness and curiosity. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, that's one thing I always wonder is like, how do you promote, you know, curiosity in somebody? Cause it's like, sometimes it just feels innate, you know? And I think it starts with the youth, you know, with them, you know, you know, encouraging them enjoying reading. Like if there's any way you can have a kid love to read, mm -hmm. that is probably the number one thing because then they will be open to this whole treasure trove of information and then they'll be more open-minded and other things. Um, so I think the youth here and, and them learning more um, would be, and, and just like loving reading more. I think all of us adults can volunteer in that front and I think I'm going to try and propose some ways for us to do that, um, you know, besides the ones already active. but. In terms of books and curiosity, books and curiosity go very, you know, hand in hand often. So what is one of your favorite books? Hmm. I, I actually have been reading nonfiction for the most part lately. So I've been reading a lot of um, biographies and books about success. But when I was younger, I read a number of things just for fun. I remember I really enjoyed Memoirs of a Geisha. I read for fun the entire, like, Sookie Stackhouse or whatever her name is, the, the True Blood Vampire books. Mm -hmm. I read them all mm -hmm. and loved them, um, found them highly entertaining. Um, I read Gone Girl before it was a movie. Um, I like those kind of books, too, that have a twist. They keep me reading to the end. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the fiction is important very much to stretch someone's imagination. Uh, it can get a little dry just reading fiction or nonfiction. I've started to re finally read a little more like memoirs and, and like autobiographies just to like, because I'm actually started, I actually last week I started writing my own kind of memoir slash like, not, it's like a memoir that will have self-help tips all along. Um, cause I think You're writing a memoir, how old do you? I think everyone under, everyone by the time they use 28 or, you know, they, they feel like, wow, they have some, you know, kind of, uh, muse or someone, they have something they could, they can imagine someone listening to them finally. 
and they could start writing about their life because it stretches the the brain like the muscle in the brain of memory to, to just like start at the very beginning from what you remember and be like you know um i remember playing basketball and soccer with my dad and then we went to the grand canyon and then but like kind of putting your own artistic style on it and i think everyone should do that i think that should be a habit that people do my friends are asking me to start putting my thoughts down together here's what you gotta do schedule a time so what i've realized is i'm just gonna do it a half hour every week on monday before i go volunteer and literally i'm gonna see how fast i end up writing how many how many words per half hour every week and then i can kind of like envision okay how long is this book going to take me to reach 400 pages someday. Um, and so then I can be like, okay, I can foresee my book coming out finally when I'm like 35 or something. And that's fine, that's fine. It's more about enjoying the process, right? What's the name of your book? How to Enjoy Life. All right, I like it. Yeah, or High on Habits, because or both. Because <laughs> I get pretty high on habits, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm living a pretty healthy lifestyle, but um, I think I'm just proof of like how high someone can get just by pursuing curiosity and, 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 and you know, just asking for help as well. I mean. Um, it's really not about me though. So what is one of the, what is one person that you would love to hear on the podcast though? Um, oh. in terms of, I know, cause like this tends to work pretty well. I mean, I asked Stephanie and then now you're here a week later. So <laughs> this, this uh, referral process works pretty, I didn't know the one thing or two about sales. Um, so this works pretty well. Yeah, it would be fun. He would have a number of stories and she's a Flamingo Neighborhood Association resident is our former mayor, Maddie Bauer. Have you ever met her? Okay. Maddie Bauer. Yeah. Okay. She was mayor. Not, actually, when I first got elected, we were commissioners together. Then she became mayor, and I served with her when she was mayor, and I was commissioner. Maddie's in her early 80s now, but she is, you wouldn't know it by meeting her. She's full of energy, full of life, full of stories, and funny, and lives close by. She'd be a fun one to have on your show. Okay. I got to mix it up. So, like, often, you know, it'll kind of stick into a certain, you know, in terms of, like, government. You know, I, I, I like when government wears the polo shirts out in the community. I'm going to support that. Uh, but I do like to mix it up. So I think next week we actually have like a fitness guru coming through. Uh, one of my favorite people. Uh, but like I like mixing it up. So she'll be on there at some point, Maddie. Uh, we won't forget about her. Uh, but there's there's 24. The way it works is there's basically 24 heroes every year, and there's a season from November to to, to May, prime time. Um, and then you know every city has their own prime time, six months, 24 heroes a, a year. And you're going to be invited to the uh, All Saints Day barbecue on the next launch kickoff in uh, in November. The uh, no, is it All Saints Day is after day after Halloween, and uh, I would love to see you there. Cool, sounds good. <laughs> sounds like fun. That's the plan, and then we'll be in touch. I'll be here uh, on the uh, the Flamingo Park uh, Zoom meeting on Monday, which you know I might very well just you know call that our community town hall for the week. So I like it. I like it. I look forward it. to your questions right. and energy. Let's make let's let's do a faux pas here and do a high five during COVID times. Let's make Miami Beach an even better paradise than it is. I don't even can't even imagine it, but um, it's pretty good. And but the best things in life tend to have to keep getting better or else they fall apart. Absolutely. Let's keep do up it. the good work. Let's do it.